your eyes to the skies. It's time for Spaced Out on 95PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. David Britton is our spaceman. That's me. G'day, mate. What's going on? Oh, just getting used to the fact it's one year more. <laughs> <laughs> Another lap there. around the sun, eh? Remember I actually add one to 2020. I've been catching some brilliant sunsets out on the uh, West Coast. And I also actually caught a uh, sort of moon rise situation where I got like the sickle moon and whatever that star is underneath the moon. Got a great photo of that. With my iPhone, you know what I mean. You know, it's. Was this just a few days ago? Yeah, not that long ago, about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean the moon rise and moon set are different sides of the sky, of course. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's well, cool. um, you take more of them. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe. We'll put one up on our um, Instagram or something. You know that my iPhone is an iPhone 5s, right? I don't. Uh, I don't like Apple, so... You don't? No, neither do I. I don't yeah. like phones at all. Bring, back <laughs> my, bring me back my Nokia, please, with the torch on it. Now, David Britton from the Stardom, can we see Mars in the night sky at the moment? Big time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, we can. I see it all the time the, now. The only planet we can see um, at the moment. Mercury is over in the west after sunset, but it's really low, and... You know, like 20 minutes after sunset, it's like seven degrees above the horizon. Okay. And that's like the true horizon. You know, if you've got a, the Waitakere Ranges in the way, then Mercury mm. might not even be visible at all. So this it's uh, really, really low. Yeah, Jupiter and Saturn are gone, and uh, Venus is too close to the sun. So you've got a bit of a quiet period coming up. There was the other day there was, because uh, Mars is like a little bit yellow, eh? basically reddish yeah because yeah. yeah. the other day i saw like two that two contenders that could have been mars what what might that other planet have been or what that other anomaly that i saw with my actual eyes <sighs> not, not sure not i'd sure? have to check that one out okay but um, if you want to find mars um after sunset it's uh northwest and about 31 degrees above the horizons that's like um a couple of hand widths at arm's length okay yeah, so it's it's pretty easy to see. I think if you look in the northwest, and and, and you know it's lowish, but not very low. Um, so you should be able to see that. And you know, if you do enlarge it on your phone or get some binoculars out, you'll see that it, stars twinkle, whereas planets have a steadier light. And you recommend Android? <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyone with a good camera and put it in a, a tripod uh, or yeah, uh, mount it somewhere otherwise you know, when you zoom in it'll just shake around too much and you won't see much at all okay now NASA has sent uh, some sort of transforming rover up just to Mars <coughs> yeah yeah it's um, a new approach to an old problem and that is how do you control um, a vehicle remotely when it's uh, millions of kilometers away um, so the rovers they've had so far have been all four-wheel vehicles of um, increasing size. And um, what they do is send basically a, a road map, a plan for the rover to move in a certain direction, go take a certain route for a certain length of time. And to do that, they've mapped that um, area ahead, planned it, and if something starts to go a bit wrong, the rover goes into sleep mode, stops and waits for 
um, commands to come up to, to remedy the situation. So it's a very, very long-winded process. And it can't, none of the rovers can go down anything steep and they can't negotiate anything with, you know, large boulders, that sort of thing. And so what NASA's come up with is basically it's like a pair of segways. Mm. So you have um, these, uh, it's a four-wheeled vehicle, but it can split into two. And each of uh, component is like a Segway. Um, but the the thing that makes it different is the um, one part um, has a rod that can drop down and anchor it uh, to the ground, and then there's a tether that is attached to the second one. And so you, what they do is go up to the side of a, um, a, a cliff or a, a slope of some sort. Um, and then the smaller one will go down backwards on this tether. Um, and if, if it starts getting a bit stuck, because it's like a segue, it's gyroscopically it can change its orientation uh, with just the two wheels. And then to get back up, um, the one at the top with the anchor uh, basically reels the, the, the smaller one back up the slope. It's kind of like an abseiling situation. It is, it is, except... As I said, they, um, yeah, it's not human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, when the people are abseiling, they've got a lot more control. But, um, yeah, so they, they've uh, been testing that. It um, seems to be working what they've been doing on Earth. Um, so this is aimed to work on Mars primarily, but um, there's probably no reason why it couldn't also be used on the Moon or Mercury or even in somewhere like uh, Europa, one of Jupiter's moons. Um, yeah, so it just turns the whole idea on its head. So instead of preventing the vehicle from falling or flipping over, it's designed to fix the situation if something like that occurs. Why would it want to go into these craters or steep, rocky places? It doesn't, John. It's the humans controlling it. <laughs> well, a uh, crater... Um, it's got a huge amount of information because whatever made that creator, uh, that crater, dug out the, the 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 soil, and so you're able to see down um, to whatever depth that crater is, and so you're looking back in time, geologically. Mm. Um, so instead of having to drill a deep hole, which they're finding is difficult with the Insight uh, uh, mission. Um, instead of having to dig a hole, it's there before you. But you'd need to get down into the crater to take specimens and analyse them in various ways. And it's very difficult to do that when the crater might be 20 kilometres across. Fair. Yeah, so a lot of information come out of those sorts of um, geological features where it goes down beneath the surface uh, where all the rovers uh, so far have been restricted. Are they allowed to call it the Transformer Rover, or will the brand name Transformers come up? Um, I think you'll see it's all in, in, in uh, double uh, quotes. Okay. Yeah. Transforming enough. double quotes Rover. That's not actually what it's called then, or is that? Does it have like a name? Will someone like the guy that named it like this is the Barry Twenty Eight? Uh, no, they do have a name. Of course, called Duaxle, which is short oh. for dual axle. Yep. They started off with one, which is like a segue, called Axel, A-X-E-L. I see. And when they added the second one, uh, which can divide from the first one, um, they call it Duaxel, so D-U-A-X-L-E. Okay. 
so they do have a name for it. Not as fancy as uh, some of the others. Now uh, to the other space news, Virgin competitor for Rocket Lab. <laughs> We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Virgin Galactic, the uh, Richard Force. Branson company, which, of course, has uh, been working for a long time to get a craft that will go up to over 100 kilometres with passengers and bring them back down. Um, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm on a slightly different story here, sorry. Um, I'm talking about the, the Blue Shepherd, uh, uh, Blue, Blue Origin New Shepherd. Um, so what... what um, uh, uh, Virgin Galactic does is um, with the passengers um, what they also do is um, have another one where they launch uh, or aim to launch satellites instead of sending the rocket from the ground they take the rocket up in the plane mm -hmm. up into the uh, stratosphere oh, and stress. launch it from there Okay, that is seems this a, a more cost-effective way to launch a rocket into space? It seems safer, I'd put it that way, because launching off the ground is grunty, eh? Uh, well, it is. I mean, there are uh, lots of advantages in doing this way, um, but this is the first uh, um, group to actually do it properly, if I can put it that way. Mm. They launched 10 um, small satellites with this one rocket, so um, the, the plane went up to um, where, uh, 35,000 feet and launched the, the rocket from there. Um, and uh, the, these, the satellites are smaller, called CubeSat. So each CubeSat is 10 centimetres cubed. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good for small satellites. It's not really going to work for anything heavy um, mm -hmm. because whatever is there has to be taken up by another plane. So no Americans? Sorry? How many people can it take up, potentially? None. It's, it's no, it can't, they can't handle that. This is purely for the satellite. So this would be a competitor for Rocket Lab. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, as, as far as the, the people side of it goes, um, Blue Origin um, is a competitor for um, the, the Richard Branson Virgin Galactic Company, and they have a, a, a different system where the Virgin Galactic... Um, rocket all stays as one vehicle. Um, it's, it's launched from uh, the larger plane, but it goes up, um, people experience wakelessness, and then it uses um, special flaps to slow down and then land on a runway like a plane. Uh, Blue Origin does it slightly differently. What they do is have a capsule on top of a rocket, and they send them both up, and then they separate and the rocket comes down and lands like the SpaceX Falcon. So it comes down and lands um, vertically the way it took off. The capsule with the people on board um, comes down and then parachutes slow its descent, and then just before it hits the ground, little rockets underneath um, give it the final cushioning, that, a bit like the Soyuz um, capsule from, from Russia. Um, so this... Um, test was very successful. There was no people on board, but they had um, a, a dummy and, and, and weights and up inside and 100,000 postcards, but that's a different story. Um, and it was successful. So they are one step closer to being able to take people up and do what uh, Virgin Galactic are aiming to. It's a bit of a race to see who reaches that first. In, in this sort of COVID era, is there still an appetite for 
uh, like personal space travel like that? Do you uh, think, yeah, David? Yeah, we're trying to leave this fucking torched <laughs> Earth. <and> yeah, <laughs> covered in COVID. I, I, I don't think. Um, I think the planning at this stage would be: look, um, by the time they're ready, and um, done all the testing, and paying ca- customers will be on board, and probably for Virgin Galactic, the first customer will be Richard Branson himself. Yeah, mm. but also the super rich. Yeah, COVID, yeah. COVID doesn't concern the super rich, John. Yeah, it's not. but being by the time they reach that point, I think their planning would be that you know, the pandemic will be basically over. Mm. Um, one well, thing about uh, this, though, the passengers have to go through training. You can't just hop up, hop aboard like we do with a plane. Oh, so they get like a little certificate saying you're pretty much an astronaut. Well, the whole point is that you become an astronaut because you go above 100 kilometers. What? Wait. Wait a minute. They can call themselves astronauts. Oh, really? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can yeah. buy that? You can buy being an astronaut? I don't know you about can, that, man. Right. I don't know about these hopes and dreams getting dashed. You have dashed. to do all the training, though. You have to train yeah. all that training. Well, Is it like skydiving? You can do it with someone else strapped to your body? Or? I mean, more, more than just skydiving. I mean, you go I don't really the want to be skydiving. Huge, there, underwater and all sorts of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to having to go through the training, I guess you're going to be putting the people together in close quarters anyway. Mm. So, I mean, that'd be a bit like quarantining. So I imagine they would go to... I mean, the astronauts going uh, to the space station or the moon or whatever, they quarantine uh, as a matter of routine. But these are regular humans. So I'm I'm predicting like a Lord of the Flies situation in space, you know, where people just go, Oh, man, I can't handle this anymore. I want to go to McDonald's. Freak out. Well, yeah, um, the thing is, Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin, you're only going to be it's experiencing like seven or eight minutes of weightlessness. Right. And the whole um, flight takes a couple of hours. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't think Lord of the Flies will... <laughs> you would have had the Not training. Quite. You would have had to jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah, yeah. Do they have a movie on the plane or anything like that? Well, you just look out the window. Gravity on the plane. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Now, what's happening in the night sky, David? Um, I think I pretty much covered yeah, it. Yeah. Um, we've got a bit of a nice uh, crescent moon after sunset, which is going to get bigger over the next couple of weeks. Full moon's on the 29th. Aside from that, um, Mars is really a thing to see. I tell you what, though, if you really want to find out um, easily what's what, go to um, our website, stardome.org.nz, mm-hmm. uh, click on the Astronomy tab, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can read a sky guide. So it's got... Um, um, a description of what you'll see in the sky in uh, January and February. Uh, so the general sky, the constellations, the stars, and, and the, the naked eye planets. So it's got a description, then you can also click um, on a PDF which comes up with star charts for the month. So there's t- they come in pairs, one facing east, one facing west. So you can print those off um, or bring them up on your uh, device and um, use those to, to find your way. And um, they, they go up um, on the website uh, all the time, so you can always check them out there. Brilliant. Stardom's got summer school holiday shows going on as well. Yeah, yep. they're st- still uh, running right till the end of the month, mm-hmm. so uh, the shows are on the hour from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, check out on the website, stardom.org.nz. Um, ring, the, if you want information, to someone to talk to, 6241246. Um, and of course there's information also on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter David Britton of the Stardom Observatory and Planetarium, thanks so much mate always a pleasure, talk to you next month peace Control, we are docked that was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardom Observatory and Planetarium